What's up, everybody? Welcome into the West Side Sports Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Dakota Esri. Welcome to the show. This is your first time listening to the show. If you enjoy the content and subjects I cover on a day-to-day basis, please subscribe, give it a following, or just simply hit, hit the bell. All of that's very much appreciated. Thank you guys for doing that. With that being started, I got a pretty decent section around the world section for you guys today. I got a state of the farm union on a couple prospects, mostly on the Baseball America's Top 30. And then a lengthy Mariner section, and then we're going to hop out today. First of all, as we start always with, is around the world. A couple facts on the, the, the Pac-12. A couple things I saw this morning from some reports. UCLA and USC are trying to leave the Pac-12 via a report that was leaked to Bleacher Report this morning. Both schools have reached out to the Big Ten, inquiring to leaving the conference due to a lack of money from sponsorships and uh, overall money from revenues of streaming services such as DirecTV, Comcast, uh, along those lines, Dish, Network, all that good jazz, ABC, NBC. This is a bit of a problem for the Pac-12, considering that UW, Wazoo, really haven't been able to do anything much of revenue because of the lack of program depth. They don't recruit any top prospects lately, unfortunately. The, uh, the overall classes have been le- uh, leaning towards being on the weaker side the last few years. And then obviously Oregon State hasn't really been able to do much anything for the last few years. And it's really been Oregon. USC and Oregon, which is a bit of a bummer. I mean, I'm personally a UW fan, but UW hasn't been good since like the days of like rookie Jake Browning or like Jake Locker, which is just all bad news in general. However, new regime comes in, we'll see what happens, but that's a different uh, conversation for a different day. Something that I've been talking about a couple of times is that the MLB has been talking about automated balls and strikes. When they talk about automated balls and strikes, we're talking about a computer-generated strike zone that dictates whether or not a thrown pitch is a ball or a strike, obviously. What's interesting about this is they are targeting 2024 as the year for this to start happening. Uh, doesn't surprise me overly a lot in general due to the inconsistency of umpires this year. There's a strike zone accuracy scorecard on Twitter, which is a good follow. Also, it gives you a uh, pretty good uh, rec- representative and overall accuracy on how well these umpires are calling ball games. Granted, the human element is a part of baseball for a lot of baseball purists uh, from previous generations, uh, you know, human accuracy and human error is all part of the actual game. You know, sometimes they make the strike, sometimes they miss the strike. If they miss the strike, they usually make a makeup call and then everything calls it good. Or, and then the other team makes a complaint about it or, you know, that's just kind of how it goes. So I'd be curious about that. Something that's to take note of is that Rob Manfred stated that they are clearly and 100% looking to accept to wanting to expand to 32 teams. This is a bit interesting because expansion, they've been on the fence for for years. I don't know why all of a sudden now uh, they're looking to expand to just one team. Like when NBA does it, it's usually two. But uh, every league has a little bit of a different circumstance, different platform, different set of uh, rules or guidelines that they want to go by. So something to take a note of and watch and see what happens with there. Congrats to Sue Bird. She said WNBA record last night for most wins of any player in WNBA history with 324 for the Seattle Storm. Congrats to her and and the franchise. She is an absolutely incredible player. Without a doubt, she's in the conversation for for the greatest athlete in the history of Seattle sports. 
That is without question due to her unbelievable career. Congrats to her and all of her accomplishments. And uh, we finish up with a very interesting side note that popped up yesterday on my timeline. The NBA will host a NBA preseason game at Climate Pledge Arena between the between the Trailblazers and the Los Angeles Clippers. This is a very positive sign for the future of bringing the Seattle Supersonics back to the city and to the NBA. The NBA essentially right now is doing a test trial. If we were going to bring the franchise back to Seattle, well, how many people are going to show up for it? This is what this is about. This is, you know, uh, you know, this is literally seeing how many people still give a damn about basketball in Seattle. And back to the days of Gary Payton, Sean Kemp, Rashard Lewis, Ray Allen, Nick Collison, Luke Rednour. You can list off all the, you know, the good to great players we had in that time. I was a big Nick Collison fan. That this t this city was a basketball town at one point. You know, and I still believe at the heart of it, it still is. I 100% I believe that to my core. You know, I believe it's a baseball town first. It's a football town second. And it's a basketball team third. Or basketball city team third. So, I hope we can show up. Hope we can fill the, the seats. Hope we can uh, prove to these uh, big honchos in the NBA that we're worthy of getting our team back. And with having a brand new arena that already has a professional hockey team in it, that's a huge thing. That's why they're doing this. We have the the rev, we have the 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 arena, we have the 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 venue for it. Now we just have to have the people show up and prove to to all of these guys that have billions of dollars and Adam Silver that we deserve to have have our team back. So hopefully that happens. Hopefully we we can fill some stands, sell some tickets. Show some serious encouragement for these guys. Show that we are still 100% on board with getting our basketball team back. Because having basketball with all of the other professional sports in the city would be a massive addition. A fan favorite that you guys have been asking for and I have not done in a couple of weeks is called State of the Farm. What this is about is about the prospects in our system that are, pros that are uh, playing well that are continuing to grow upon their talents on a week-to-week -week or bi-weekly basis. These reports come out from Lookout Landing and Soto Mojo and Baseball America. For those who don't, who don't know, Baseball America is a national reference that analyzes what's called the top 30 prospects of every organization, and they track their growth and their playing and their stats throughout the season. Unfortunately, I don't have much on the pitching side this week. I do have one pitcher that I'm going to touch on that I have touched on in previous podcast on the same state of the farm section. But I got two batters for you guys and one pitcher. We're going to start with a batter. His name is Edwin Arroyo, who is a number eight prospect via Baseball America. This guy was an international draft slot money signing three years ago. He quickly he was in the same draft class as Julio Rodriguez. What's very interesting about this guy is that when we got him, or we signed him out of the DR, he was not much of a power guy. Very much a slap hitter, put the ball into play, has above average speed, above average bat to ball skills, all that jazz, right? Well, what he's done this year has been very, very impressive, and he's starting to get some national recognition across other platforms. I'm going to read you guys a stat line. 
320 batting average, 12 home runs, 13 doubles, 5 triples with 13 stolen bases. This guy is smaller frame, very solid, good, good ability. I could even say great. I like to use the room great very often. But he has a very good ability to put the bat to the ball. You know, Julio, when he brought up through us, I'm not going to compare the two prospects. This is just a little bit of an example here. Julio was a contact guy that had the ability to put on muscle and use his raw strength to become something greater, which obviously we're seeing now. And I will cover a good section on Julio Rodriguez here in a few minutes. But Edwin Arroyo has the ability to be a franchise-altering piece. He really, really does. Quality infielder, probably going to play second base. We need a second base option because we don't really have much at second base right now besides for Adam Frazier, who continues to struggle right now. But Edwin Arroyo is a huge part of the future of his franchise. I hope to see him continue to hit well, build upon his growth, uh, just can just do everything he's been doing at a higher rate, continue his process, trust his swing, trust his hands, because I hear this all the time from baseball hitting gurus. For prospects who trust their hands, they will develop to what they were supposed to be. Players like Jared Kalanick, which I'm going to get into here in a second, they, he didn't really, he didn't never really trusted his hands. He just trusted his strength to ability to hit the ball. And speaking of Jared Kelenic, here's some stats for for uh, good old J.K. 31 games Jared Kelenic's played Triple A this season after he was sent down because clearly he needed more time, which is acceptable. All prospects, uh, just kind of they grow at different, uh, different time rates, different uh, different overall groups, different abilities, you know. When I say groups and abilities, you look at players such as Vlad Jr., Bo Bichette, Ronald Acuna, Juan Soto. Those guys, I'll put even Julio inside of that group now. Those guys, just they grow at a different rate, at a different speed. It's like they're at a different wavelength, right? Jared Kelenic, I've said it multiple times. Uh, he reminds me so much of a Cardinals player who was a, a franchise Face of the franchise, standard foundational piece. His name was Matt Holiday. He really reminds me of Matt Holiday. Matt Holiday was a 35 home run, 20 stolen base, huge energy, passion, rage. He was incredible. He was a great fan watch. He's great on TV. He was great in interviews. He was great for the city. So, I mean... Jared Kelnick, a lot of people have been saying after Taylor Trammell got hurt with the right hamstring strain, he was probably on the 10-day IL, bring up JK. And I said, no, firmly no. Don't do it. Whatever you do, do not bring up Jared Kelnick. And unfortunately, uh, we don't really have the outfield depth. And I've been seeing this all season between Twitter, Facebook, uh, Instagram. People are saying, we have a plethora of outfield options. Well, we really don't because Kyle Lewis is not going to play the outfield. They can't risk his knee breaking back down again for him to be able to not hit the baseball with the ability that he is able to do. He's a huge part of the future of this team also. Because when you guys got when you have people, young guys under club control that, you, that, you, that can hit the ball, 
at a certain level, that could change everything. I saw a lineup yesterday. You know, what when you know, when happens, fingers crossed, knock on wood, rub on the lucky Buddha stuff, you know, tummy, whatever you want to do. The lineup looks so, so much different when you have JP Crawford at leadoff, which I still think isn't perfect. I don't think he's the actual leadoff hitter. We only have a better option right now. Maybe Sam Haggerty wouldn't be a bad idea on that. But Sam Haggerty would be going to be a great bench player. I'm going to talk about Sam Haggerty in a couple minutes. But having a lineup of Julio, or JP, Ty France, Julio, Mitchell, J uh, Winker, Suarez, Raleigh, that's a solid lineup. That is a solid lineup. That is a playoff contending possible lineup. I didn't think I'd be saying that after I, you know, previous podcast saying this team wasn't going to do much anything this year. And I was very wrong. They turned it around. It was 11 games under 500. Now we're five. But uh, quick, that was just a quick side note. A couple of things I wanted to touch on uh, before uh, in the middle of my state of the farm. And this kind of leads back to Jared Kelenic because Jared Kelenic is such a huge part of the future of his franchise, right? He's hitting 295 in AAA, 120 WRC plus, wins runs created, strikeout rate is 27.7. And people say, well, why do you bring up stri strikeout rate? Well, it's crucial. Obviously, that says, you know, out of 100 at-bats, how many times are you striking out? When Jared Kalanick was sent down to AAA, he, was, he had a over a 40% strikeout rate. And Jerry DePoto said flat out, can't have it. We love you, Jerry Kalanick, but we can't have it. You got to figure out a way to cut down the strikeout rate at least in half. You got to figure out how to put the bat to the ball. You need to trust your hands again or find a way to trust your hands. Maybe change some swing mechanics, which I've heard he has. But uh, overall, it's been a good showing for, for Jared Kelenic. Jared DePoto said this morning with his on his Thursday weekly section or part with Mike Salk on 710 Seattle Sports Station that he just needs more time. And that's perfectly okay. Let him marinate like a beautiful Wagyu steak. Dry age the thing. Right? Gets better with time. That's what they say. Just gets better with time. You want to get a chicken breast or a piece of fish? What do you do? If you want to have a little extra flavor, you marinate it. You season it. You let it have the time before you eat it. So it tastes better. It's what you want in the end. Right? That's my funny little side note because I'm a cook myself. But however, this is baseball we're talking about. So Jerry Kellenick, we love you. We hope you keep on uh, keep on doing what you're doing. Keep it on, keep it on. As the guys, the old country folks say. And uh, we're going to finish up with the guy that I've talked about now. Three times, wow, voice crack, three times on this state of the farm. Now, Taylor Dollard. This guy reminds me so much of a young Sony Gray, right? Sony Gray, for those who don't know, pitcher currently for the Minnesota Twins, came up through the Oakland Athletic System. He's not overpowering, but he's so funky and deceptive. That he just makes people confused. And confusion is a beautiful thing when you're a pitcher. Because you have guys like Logan Gilbert, Jacob deGrom, Max Scherzer, uh, Ed, uh, Sandy Al uh, Alcantara. These guys are overpowering pitchers. They have great fastballs. They're going to challenge you with it all game long. And you hit it or you, you don't. Taylor Dollard. Is 92 to 96 miles an hour, which is playable. 
Um, you know, you see a lot of guys right now throwing 95, and they're very effective. We saw Kramer from Baltimore last night doing the exact same thing. 95, fastball, locates it very well. A couple of good off-speed pitches. He was good. But uh, overall, this is what's very interesting about this kid. Taylor Dollar. 65 and two-thirds innings pitched. He is in double-A Arkansas. He was recently added to the 40-man roster for the Seattle Mariners. 0.99 ERA. That is incredible. He has led that uh, that league, that conference, in ERA all season, obviously. I mean, you're, I haven't seen another pitcher even get close to him. I think the next one's like 1.87, like doubling him. So I would not be surprised if he gets called up to AAA here fairly soon. Granted that our starting pitching depth is pretty good. Uh, Sam Carlson... And uh, Levi, Sam Carlson, Levi Stout, Emerson Hancock are all still building. Levi Stout's had a little bit of a down year this year, 507 ERA. Um, but Sam Carlson, he's doing all right. Uh, he's got he's got a 48 ERA, not bad. And then uh, the other one, Emerson Hancock, who is probably a little bit more upside than Sam Carlson. He's been pitching pretty well, 4-4 ERA, 38 innings pitched. So he's continuing just to build up after his injury. He's going to be, I think he's he will be more of a vital piece for the future than Sam Carlson. I think Carlson will probably turn into a bullpen piece. Matt Brash continues to work on his control and his strikeout ability rate, which we all know he has due to the quality of his pitches. But overall, that's the state of the farm union. Start, yeah, state of the farm, excuse me. Uh, those for all those people who've been asking for it. So, uh, I talked about Julio a couple minutes ago. I just got a couple things I want to touch on Julio because this kid is truly special. Truly a special person, a special athlete. And his story is also just, it's a heartwarming thing, you know. Right now, our world is a little bit of a mess with everything. And I'm not going to get into that because that's not what I do here. But when you have players like him, or people like him, I should say, that are so pure, genuine, and just love what they do, love their family, love their friends, love the people they work with. It just gives you a reminder that this world that we live in, it's why we love sports. We love distraction. And Julio is giving us a great distraction. He leads all but one category for rookies in all of baseball. He's tied for second in RBIs. First in home runs, first in stolen bases, first in average incredible he had a, a little bit of a sit down interview with shannon dreyer who is a beat reporter for the seattle mariners 710 seattle sports station he admitted recently at first when he got called up it was a little bit overwhelming you know the expectations of the city everybody's you know but he they've been you know hearing about this kid and obviously his hype in spring training was on a different level because i mean for those who watched him hit the home run I mean, that he obliterated 117 miles an hour, the hardest hit home run recorded at that at that ballpark in the history of his existence. Goodness gracious, the kid's got all the talent inside the world. But overall, what he's done is that he's learned how to handle the pressure of the expectations. When rookies come up, obviously, they, you know, some have more expectations than others. You know, Aldi Rutschman, Julio Rodriguez, Bobby Witt Jr., list goes on. They've been able to handle him specifically. He's been able to handle these expectations to a level 
that I haven't seen probably since either Ken Griffey or Alex Rodriguez. Like, you know, Felix was great, but it's just different. Hitters versus pitchers. It just is, to me at least. I don't know how you guys feel about that. Um, but overall, I just feel like hitters, it's a little bit harder for a hitter to come in than it is for a pitcher to pitch, right? A pitcher is usually a little bit more developed. They take a little bit more time. They, you know, work on their arsenal of pitches. These batters come in, and it's they go from facing, you know, minor league pitchers that throw on, you know, 91 to 94 with an occasional 95, 96. The guys are throwing dang near triple digits. It's just amazing. Julio's able to handle, you know, 100 miles an hour. You know, this first home run of his career at Marlins Stadium. 97 mile an hour sinker. Goodness gracious. Bottom part of the zone. Incredible, incredible moment. The ballpark has created its own section. The J-Rod squad. I think the t-shirts are pretty cool. Some people think they're cheesy. That's your own opinion. I have my own. I love the color blue. I like the no-fly zone. I think it's great. You're seeing signs show up. No-fly zone. This is... Players that have the ability to capture the love and the hearts of people in this city is what this team needs. It's why people love Mitch Hanniger. Because Mitch Hanniger, he brings the fire. He brings the passion. This, this, He has a moment called the single. There was another moment called the double. We had another moment like that since the double. That told, that showed the city, this team is ready and wanting to compete at a different level. And God bless it, have we waited a long time for this, ladies and gentlemen. My whole life, I've been waiting for a Mariners team that people are afraid of. Genuinely fear. Last year, eh, maybe a little bit, not a whole lot. But overall, 90 plus wins gets recognition. We got it for a reason. Robbie Ray wants to be a part of it. Jesse Winker, excited to come to Seattle. And speaking of Jesse Winker, right? His rise within this city is something I haven't seen in quite a while. Because I'll be honest, I was not on that Jesse Winker train. Just wasn't. Struggled. Looked like he wasn't fitting in well with the, with, with the city, the ballpark. He was pressing, swinging too hard. Uh, he just got in his own head. Basically, this happens with baseball players. Or I should say all athletes, but especially with baseball players. Because I feel like football, you have more of an ability the next play to go out and just re, you know, redo your, you know. If you drop a ball, then you can catch it open the next time if the quarterback throws it to you. After his role in the brawl, I feel like the city realized that Jesse Winker is exactly what this team needs. We need an, another mo an emotional catalyst for somebody to come in, right the ship, grab the oars, and just start churning that water up. The boat continues to go forward. You know, for all the all, all for an, an analogy, a short analogy. When you have people that row a boat, right? It's a team effort. Everybody has to go. At the same synchronization, the same movements, the same time, so they can maximum speed, maximum velocity, maximum distance covered. I feel like this team is starting to row at that right consistency, that right, that wavelength is being achieved. It's being hit right now. 
at the right time when it has to happen. Because Jerry DePoe says over and over again, we believe in this team. We think we can we can get it done. This team is a contending playoff team. That's why they go out and get Carlos Santana. But we need another player. We need another outfielder. No, no due disrespect to Marcus Wilson or Dylan Moore or Sam Haggerty or Justin Upton. But none of them are going to cut it for what we need right now. We need another above. We said we need a league average to slightly league above average outfielder who is able to put the ball into the stands and hit for power right now. That's why they signed Justin Upton. Maybe they could catch lightning in a bottle. Thankfully, they only spent 500 grand on him. Unfortunately, hasn't been that much of a success to say. I mean, he hasn't done a whole lot at all. He's had a couple of hits, but he hasn't been exactly what they were hoping for. They don't really have the, the AAA depth to fill that right now. Obviously, I touched on Jared Kelnick for a few minutes, but overall, he's not going to be the answer this year. If he does come up, it'll probably be the end of August, is what it sounds like. So hopefully, Jerry goes out. Maybe goes out to like uh, to Pittsburgh, gets like a Ben Gamble, goes and gets a a Bednar, a Chase Bednar pitcher uh, from 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 Pittsburgh. Maybe you you you, you double up. You go out to Kansas City. You get one of their two good arms. You get an outfielder, Michael A. Taylor. Uh, the Cubs go get Ian Happ. They have David Robertson. I would really like that, but that's gonna cost you a heck of a lot more than all the those previous two options. We'll see what happens. Uh, Jerry, fingers crossed. Trader Jerry, you know, just find a way, please. Because if we can get one more quality outfielder, we can do a lot of damage. The hate can be put up inside the barn. Insert, uh, insert, you know, analogy or insert example or whatever you want to call it. Toro and Haggerty had good, got good games ye yesterday. Really did. Couple of the uh, three doubles between the two of them. Sam Haggerty got on base three times. Sam Haggerty, I believe, should play more often because we're gonna have suspensions be coming up, obviously, because of the brawl. But Haggerty puts the ball into play. He's got well above average speed. Not elite speed, but very, very close to it. Toro, I don't know how to feel about him right now. Because I really like Toro. The problem is, he's really only a one-sided hitter. He hits for power lefty, but he's a slap contact to the right-hand side. So them teams are just going to throw lefties at him to make him bat righty. Which is a little bit of a problem, because if you're a switch hitter, you should be able to hit the ball for both sides of the plate. Hopefully, for power. But he literally has one home run righty, seven home runs lefty. So that's pretty pretty, pretty glaring. Robbie Ray has been nothing short of incredible, marvelous, outstanding, magnifico, beautiful, is what he's been recently. Last four outings, 28 innings pitched. 0.99 ERA. Solid. Robbie, this is what we were wanting for. This is what we paid you for. All season, you struggled. You couldn't figure out what was going on. You start incorporating the two-seam fastball. It allows you to pitch to both sides of the plate. And when you have that option, and when you have that inside your back pocket, that trick against that card, that sleeve, that perfect analogy that you've been looking for, Robbie, right all season. You say it's been there all season. I cannot figure out where it was. And then... By the grace of the baseball gods, you start throwing a two-seam fastball. And then everything changes. Because now you're not throwing a flat fastball 
on the outside corner. You're throwing a tailing fastball. You're making them chase. You're changing the eye level, the perception, the arm slot, all of it, Robbie. You've been such a well-needed shot in the arm for this rotation. Chris Flaxen continues to be Chris Flaxen. This rotation has been very good besides for the one uh, outlier of George Kirby. But as rookies go, sometimes they have bumps in the road. I anticipate George Kirby on Sunday versus Paul Blackburn to be a very good matchup. Last time uh, these two uh, faced off in the, in the ballpark. Blackburn got, got the best of us. But I imagine George Kirby will rise to the occasion. He seems to be one of those pitchers that has a great head on his shoulders. I imagine he will bounce right back in the right form with the right direction for his future start. And then, uh, pretty simple. We're going to hop off by simply saying, Logan, you're on the mound tonight. Get on the bump. Do what you do, Logan. I call you the sniper. Because all you do, you, you're high leg kick, long stride, and fire those fastballs down. Oakland, welcome back. Welcome back to, to the house of whores. You hate this ballpark. You know what's happening, what's coming to you, Oakland. Simple. Beat down. Everybody, thank you so much for listening to, to today's podcast. For all those people who are going out to the ballpark tonight, let's bring the energy. Let's keep the electric factory pumping. I want the generator sizzling. I want, I want this sack electricity in the air. See us rise!